Good morning, everybody. It's still morning and it's still a good one. I've got some notes here. I just have to open them. Look, be opened. And they were opened. Father, thank you. You're such a good God. Even when we, Lord, weren't following you, you were following us. We thank you, Lord, that when we were lost, you came and you found us. I thank you, Lord, that you invite us to draw near to you, to get close to you. And we thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming and making the Father real to us. And Holy Spirit, thank you for helping us to understand heaven's plans and God's goodness. And thank you for opening the word of God to us again this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Our theme for this month is just Jesus. And this morning, we want to introduce you to Jesus, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is our Savior, He is our Lord, and He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And this particular Sunday in the traditional churches is called Pentecost Sunday. And the reason for that is it's the celebration of the time when the Holy Spirit was first poured out and the church begun. And so today we celebrate the beginning of the church and we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon that church. And it seems to me that the way God intended the church to start is the way he intends it to continue. Hallelujah. There's nowhere in the Bible that says uh, that Jesus is no longer the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And he loves us with an unfailing love. Hallelujah. And so we need to look at the scriptures and find out about this this morning. And so we start out in Luke chapter 3 and verse 15, and we come across a man called John the Baptist, who was the forerunner to Jesus, who was the one who was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ to come. And in verse 15, it says, The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. Now you see, that's what was happening. And John answered them, he said, I baptize you uh, with water. But one more powerful than I will come. The thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hallelujah. In other words, when he comes and baptizes, the word baptize means to immerse. It means to flood. It means to fill, to overflowing. Uh, when a, and the word that was used in the Old Testament, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament days, if you baptized it, uh, they used to use that word for when a boat sunk. And if the boat sunk, it was baptized. The boat was in the water, and the water was in the boat. Yes? So there was a, a, an immersion of that boat in the water. And so it is that the Holy Spirit comes to us, and Jesus is the baptizer, and he baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. We are in Jesus, we are in the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, and the Holy Spirit is in us. We become immersed in the Spirit of God, and that has to be a good thing for you. Hallelujah. 
If the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God and the Spirit of love and the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, and if He comes and fills us to overflowing with His presence, it's got to be good for you. And Jesus said, that's how the church is to begin and that's how it is to function, under the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so down it comes to Luke chapter 3, verse 21, and it says, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And so here we see that Jesus was baptized in water and the Holy Spirit descended upon him and he began his ministry of of healing and of saving grace and and extending the kingdom of God at that time. You see, it's it's a great thing. He was baptized. It's a good thing to be baptized in water. Jesus was baptized in water. We're having a baptismal service next uh, Sunday. Sophie is running a baptismal class. There's a class going and foundations are straight after church, which is on baptism. You can come to that straight after church if you want to. And then we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, yes? So then we come over to Acts chapter 2. Jesus is the baptizer. Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. So the way of salvation has been opened. He's returned back to heaven. And uh, Jesus said, when I get back to heaven, I'll send the Holy Spirit. And so every time I see somebody baptized in the Holy Spirit, I say, Jesus is on the throne. Hallelujah. He's made it back to glory and he's poured forth the Spirit of God in the earth today. And so the church begins. This is how it began. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came. You say, what's the day of Pentecost? Well, the day, of, the, the day of Pentecost was when they celebrated, the, the, was the day the Jewish people celebrated the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. You remember that Moses went up on the mountain and when he was up there, he was given the Ten Commandments, yes? And he was given the Levitical law and the, and the plans for the building of the tabernacle. And uh, so uh, the Jews always celebrated that. And it came 50 days after Passover. You say, well, what was Passover? Well, Passover was when, when the people were coming out of Egypt and delivered from their oppression. They'd been slaves for 400 years. And, and, and God said to Moses, who was the leader at that time, he said, listen, what you need to do to, tonight, you make sure that you take a lamb and you slay the lamb and you put its blood on the doorposts and the lintel over the top of, of your houses. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the angel of death went through as the last judgment upon Egypt. And, uh, and there was great heartache, a great terrible judgment was, was, happened on that night. But when the angel saw the blood on the doorpost, he passed over that household, you see. And, and, and so the Jews always celebrated that from then on. In fact, it was such a celebration that God said, we're going to start the calendar again. This is going to be the beginning of months for you. And so the Jews right through to today celebrate the Feast of Passover when, when they were set free from, 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 from Egypt and came out and began their journey into the Promised Land. And then 50 days later, the law was given. As they were in the wilderness, the law was given on Mount Sinai. And so 50 days later... and, and so. 50 days is the word Pentecost, means 50. 
in their language. And so they called it the festival of Pentecost or the festival of weeks. Seven weeks, seven days of seven plus one extra day was when the feast of Pentecost came. And then there's a third feast that was always celebrated in the Jewish calendar and that is the feast of tabernacles, yeah? So there was a feast of tabernacles and they celebrated this feast when uh, they remembered that they had been in the wilderness and travelled in tents. And so they, made, they lived in tents for a week and they thanked God for bringing them through the wilderness and they celebrated that as well. As well as that, it was a feast. These three feasts today are also times of uh, when they remember their harvests and their agricultural harvests. And so the, the feast of Passover was when they had the first wheat, the barley harvest started. And then the Feast of Pentecost was when the wheat harvest started and they would celebrate and thank God for it. And then the Feast of Tabernacles was also called the Feast of Ingathering. And the Feast of Ingathering was when they celebrated the, the, the olives, oils and, and, and the grapes were jumped on and treaded out and there was a lot of songs and rejoicing at the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Ingathering. So these three festivals were kept. Now we come... So the church is about to start. It says, on the day of Pentecost. Now we notice that when Jesus died on the cross, as he was dying on the cross, the priest was sacrificing the lamb because he died on the day of Passover. And he fulfilled the picture of the Passover lamb that was slain. And it was fulfilled to the letter. So the same day that the high priest in the old covenant was, was slaying the, 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 the Passover lamb, Jesus was dying on the cross for the sins of the world. Hallelujah. And the way judgment passed over us who believe. Amen. And so that feast was, was fulfilled. Pentecost at the time was the time the law was given. On the day, on the exact day that they are celebrating the giving of the law, we find that on that very day, the Holy Spirit is poured out. Yes? Okay, so that's what happened. What happened? Well, we can read it. Here it comes. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Wow, this was, this was a shift. This was a change. This was a new covenant that was being fulfilled and, and sealed with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the church began on that day. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in languages that they never heard. They spilled out on the street. They'd been waiting for... For, for, for 10 days and praying, and then this happened. And they were filled with great boldness. They went out on the street. The people said, wait a minute, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning, and these people are talking in languages. And we understand, because all the people from all over had to gather on these festival days. So they'd come from all over the district, all over the nations, and here they are. And they're hearing these 120 including Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was there, and they're speaking in tongues. They're speaking in languages, and they said, we can hear them speaking in our own language, speaking about the wonderful works of God. And they were amazed. Some said they're drunk. They said, no, they're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. And Peter got up and began to preach. 
and began to say, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about years ago. That there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they were filled. And you said, so, so the, the speaking in, in these languages came with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that is a, a, a time, you know, praying to the Lord and worshiping God out of our spirit, out of our innermost being. And the change was remarkable. These men and women had been scared. They were behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were changed. The next minute, they're out preaching and healing the sick and doing things and the kingdom of God is beginning to expand and I think God in heaven is saying look at this this is what we planned for so long and the church was born and birthed and came into being like that it was an amazing thing and that day after Peter had spoken uh, it says uh, have I got this down Acts 2.38 and verse 39 I think that's going to come up as well is it look at this what a great team we've got Peter replied so they, he had been preaching, and he said, this is Jesus, this is what Jesus has done. And they said, what must we do? And Peter says, I'll tell you what to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what you need. Yeah. Step one, get the sins dealt with, hallelujah. Passover, get judgment off you and get forgiveness, hallelujah, filling your life. That's the beginning point. Then he says, what? And be baptized, every one of you. Step two, get baptized in water. Don't mess around with it. Just say, yes, Lord. Thank you very much. God will bless you as you do. And then it says, and you will receive what? The gift of God. Step three, this is how to get started, friends. Hallelujah. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and all who live in Kerry Kerry. Yeah. That's the NIV version, the North Island version. For all whom the Lord our God will call, He's calling you. When Paul got up to speak about that, He's calling, He doesn't want you, because I had the same word this morning when I was praying early this morning. God is calling us to draw near. God is saying, don't stay at a distance from him. Have the courage to draw near to your heavenly father. Hallelujah. He wants to bless you. He wants to fill your life. He wants to change your existence. He wants to give you a future and a hope. He wants to put a purpose in front of you. Hallelujah. That will, that will just explode your vision of what life is all about. The Holy Spirit comes. And Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. On that day, 3,000 people said, yes, I'm going to become a follower of Jesus. Now, it's interesting because they were celebrating Pentecost. When the law was given back there on Mount Sinai years before, on that day, 3,000 people died. Because they got too close. But when the Holy Spirit comes, 3,000 people come to life. Hallelujah. And the things of the Holy Spirit. See, these feasts were being fulfilled. See, the feasts of Israel point. Nothing is wasted in the Bible. So the feasts, one, they 
represent and they celebrate any, an historic event. Number two, they are fulfilled by the letter in the New Testament. And thirdly, they are fulfilled personally in our lives. We need a personal Passover. We need a personal Pentecost. And we need a personal celebration of an ingathering of the harvest. And the harvest is on the journey right now. But you'll never see a harvest of the goodness of souls in our, in our churches until we get breakthroughs in the Spirit. Until you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, and become bold in our witness. So this is what we need to do. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus is talking here just before he goes to heaven. He says this. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, don't try doing church without the power of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it will just become another club on the face of the earth. It'll just become another organization and it'll be as dead as anything else that's going around. He says, wait until you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you see. He said to them, it isn't, oh, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of God to Israel? They said, well, what about all the politics of church and everything else? He said, what else is going on? He said, wait a minute. Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by. Forget that, he said. Get on with the real job. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. See, this is the purpose. This is how God intended the church to start. So what happened then? Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says here, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You see, it's important for us who've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is the gateway into the things of the Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit ourselves constantly. See, a lot of you older people who have been around churches for years, you need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We need a fire in our belly if we're going to accomplish the things of God and see what God can do in this area of carry carry. And so that's why we're holding this evening service tonight because I want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit to overflowing. I, you know, well, yes? Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Acts chapter 8, verse 14. What's coming up next? Just Jesus. Acts chapter 8. Is that up there? No. It's coming. Here it is. Look. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the believers that, there, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They'd simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the early church said, oh, Samaria has received the gospel. Peter and John, get down there and go and place their hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to be doing tonight. We most often easily receive the Holy Spirit when people just lay their hands on and say, receive the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. More about that tonight. But there it is. 
And so that was good. Over in Acts chapter 10, and then the Gentiles got the gospel. Boy, the Jews weren't expecting this. They said, no, right, that, that can't happen. While Peter was, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, here they come. While Peter was still speaking, these words, the Holy Spirit came on all heard the message. Wouldn't that be great? I don't mind if he interrupts us this morning. You all get filled with the Holy Spirit while I'm talking. I'll gladly just be quiet and watch. <laughs> the, circum <laughs> the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. In New Zealand, the people in the Pentecostal churches were astonished when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Presbyterians. And on the Anglicans and on the Catholics, they, could, they said, God has not asked our permission. And many of them never saw the shift that God was doing and got left behind. And God, you know, Ruth was prophesying this morning, this is the beginning of a new season. Hallelujah. And we either step into it, we either shift and change gear, or we're going to say, oh, well, I don't know about that. I just think... <laughs> the church is to be spiritual. The church is a spiritual entity. It doesn't happen just through clever organization. And the key to that is the baptism in the Holy Spirit that people will be filled with the Spirit of God, that they move from beyond the natural way into the spirit way of doing things. Hallelujah. Where there are signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to be in a church like that. I want to be a church like you that will believe that when someone's facing death, we can come against and raise a hallelujah and believe for God to intervene in such situations. Hallelujah. So there it is. John chapter 7. Jesus is talking about this. What does he say? Here's what he says. John chapter 7. Here it comes. I know you can't wait for this. Whoever believes in me, Jesus said, as the scripture has said, oh, on the last day and greatest day of the festival, this was the festival of ingathering, the festival of tabernacles. So Jesus is fulfilling these festivals. He is introduced, he's saying, this is what this was all about. You've been celebrating these things for years, but you haven't got a clue what it's all about because there's a shift. There's a shift. Many people do not read the shifts. Many churches don't get the shift. And God is wanting to shift us, hallelujah, into another phase of faith and of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and I tell you what, if he's shifting, I'm shifting. If he's pouring out the things of the Holy Spirit, I'm in the queue. Because if I get blessed, hallelujah, there'll come a river of life that will bless others. So Jesus said, that's true, that's true, he says. He said, it'll be like streams. He, he said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, he quotes Isaiah 58, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not been glorified. He hasn't gone to the cross. He hasn't returned to heaven. The father hasn't sent the Holy Spirit when he said that. But that's all happened. Hallelujah. And so now, see, what happens? Out of our... You see, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, and I trust that you will this morning. Yeah. I trust that if you've never 
made that, just that drawn the line, said, I'm going to become a follower of Jesus. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to trust that God for to forgive me and to cleanse me. And we will pray with you this morning at the end of the service just, and give you an opportunity to receive the Lord. Just be thinking about that while I'm talking. And, and, and so, so you do that. When you believe, the Spirit of God comes into your life and joins with your spirit. And you're like you start again. Your spirit comes alive, you see. Now, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, what happens is that the Holy Spirit begins to fill us from the inside. You see, you have the presence, as a Christian, you have the presence of God with you. You have the Holy Spirit within you. Paul said, you're complete in him. Of his fullness, have we always said. The problem then has got to be that we don't let him go. We don't let him shine. We don't let him overflow our life. We're all locked up. And we need to let, hallelujah, this Holy Spirit fill us and overflow us as we surrender our lives to him and let the Spirit of God fill our body, soul, and spirit with his presence. Hallelujah. And so it comes as a, as, a, as a well that springs up within us. And it begins to come and overflow. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I, oh, God, I was like I was surrounded. I said, Lord, I just give you my whole life. And, I, and, and fill me, baptize me, immerse me, drown me in your spirit. Out of my innermost being, there came this river of life. And it overflowed my mouth. I, 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 I chose not to just express it in English. I just began to worship God. And this new language just flowed out of me. And I've been worshiping him in that language ever since. And praying to God ever since. And he expresses that. And do you know what? This young man at that time, still a young man, praise God, was changed. And I came out of that with a boldness. I was quite a shy person, a young person, wouldn't say boo to a goose, wouldn't do much, but God changed my life. My whole personality was released. Before long, I was out on the streets of Wellington, and I was singing, and, and believe it or not, and uh, with my singing group, and beginning to preach on the, on, the, on the streets, and people were getting saved. Hallelujah. God changed our life. So here's some things. You say, what can I expect when Jesus baptizes me in the Holy Spirit? Here's some things. An assurance of salvation. You'll know that you know that you know that Jesus is your Savior. Hallelujah. Two, a deepening love for God. Three, a greater desire to read the Bible and to understand it. Four, often great joy. Hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. An enabling of grace to overcome. The things that you couldn't overcome, you'll be empowered and you'll begin to win. Hallelujah. For a boldness in life and a boldness to share your faith. There it is. The fruit of the Holy Spirit will grow naturally. You'll have faith to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit to bless people. Greater grace for serving. Hallelujah. You'll be willing to serve because the Holy Spirit's a server. He's a servant. An enhanced ability to pray, the supernatural becomes natural. Amen. These are the things that is helpful. Hallelujah. You say, boy, I sure need to work, move into that area. We'll shift. Yeah. Move your butt. <laughs> the pastor's wife said, move your butt. <laughs> Unbelievable. But true. But true. Hallelujah. You see, we need, we need to shift. Yeah. Sophia, come and share for a minute. 
This is my wonderful wife. Just kidding. <laughs> it's easy to be shy. It's quite easy to be shy, but Ruth has already said that we need to come into his throne room with boldness. So it makes me wonder, where does the shyness come from? You know, we've got to get over that part of it. We just have to come boldly before God. And if we come boldly for him, it's like a child. when they, You've got all the children around, you want to fill their cups up. And what do you say to them? If they hold it upside down, you can't fill it. And if they hold it sideways, you can't. So hold it firmly. You know, if you hold your cup, I can fill it for you. And so it is with God. If we come boldly and hold our cup, say, God, I can't do it without you. I need you now. And get over that shyness and boldly come. He will. You know, he sees your heart. If you don't want it, it's like having your cup upside down. You know, it's kind of like God can't fill you. There has to be a willingness in you to come to him. Do you know, I read the Bible and I see in all the Gospels, the woman who had the issue of blood, man, did she push through. She got through that crowd and she got to Jesus. And we have to push through. You've got Bartimaeus. He's as blind as he's sitting there. He hears all the commotion and he begins to shout. And the people are saying, be quiet, be quiet. And he shouts all the more. And I think, yeah, it's that kind of willingness in our hearts that God is looking for. Man, I need this. I need God to fill me. Why? Because my tank sometimes gets to about half full emotionally. And i got enough for me and i got enough for Ian. But when the phone rings, I say, oh, I just can't. I have to be able to. Because the Bible says, encourage one another, love one another, and do it daily. I need more than just for myself. I need more to be able to give out to others, to love others so that they can see Jesus. You know, we can't do it in our own strength. We need God's power in our lives. So we need to be filled with his Holy Spirit and not be shy, but be bold. Ooh. Hallelujah. That's how to shift. That's how to shift gear. Be bold. Hallelujah. You see, that's, that's how it is. And, uh, you know, uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit does not add to your salvation. If you're a Christian, you are saved. Yeah. This is not going to add. You can't add anything to the cross. Yeah, that's, right. that's the finished work of Calvary. Amen. But I tell you what, the baptism in the Holy Spirit in your life can make a huge difference to someone else's salvation. Right. See, we need to be full and overflowing. Amen. You know, sometimes as Christians, we go along the journey. But if God wants to bless someone else with the flow from our life, he just about has to get us, tip us upside down and shake us to get the last little dreg of water out that's just before we die of, you know, of thirst. Jesus said, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. We don't come for an experience. We come to Jesus. Just Jesus. We come to him. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit.